What do the Florida Gators really need to get for the remainder of the transfer portal window? We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Friday. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenwork with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And yes, you get hair down, Brandon, today because... I just washed my hair a little while ago, and I'm I'm letting it air dry. But anyway, we're talking about what the Florida Gators need in the transfer portal. Because, I mean, if if you've been paying attention to the show this week, or if you're an everydayer and you pay attention to the show every day, I've been talking a lot about receiver. Whether it's Montana Limonius Craig, whether it's Keon Coleman, whether it's... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's pronounced Zachary or Zachary. Uh, the H throws me off there. Franklin from UTSA. Whatever it is, we've been talking a lot about receiver. So obviously for me, I'm saying receiver is the first position that we're going to talk about because I think that Florida does need to add a receiver. But I also want to make it pretty clear. I don't think the receiver room is horrible. Or anything like that. Like, I I don't want that to be what comes from this. However, because I'm going to talk about safety for a second, because when I was talking about safety, when we were talking about RJ Moulton before he committed, I was talking about, I'm comfortable with Miguel Mitchell and Kamari Wilson starting with Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton being the depth pieces. But it'd be great if we had more experience in that room in Gainesville. That's kind of what I'm talking about here with receiver. Yeah, it'd, it'd be awesome to add someone like any of the three guys that I mentioned before and go, okay, we've added those players. Now we've got two very good receivers that we're comfortable with and are proven talents. That would be awesome. But the bigger thing for me is that Florida could use some experience that's actually going to get playing time here. Because if you can bring in a guy with one or two years remaining, like Keon Coleman, Zachary Franklin, Zachary Franklin, again, I'm sorry, I don't know which one it is, the H really throws me off, or Montana Limonius Craig, then they could come in with one or two years of eligibility, shine, and then leave, and then players like Andy Jean, Eugene Wilson III, Aiden Mizell, can all step up and take on even more responsibility. Ty Checo Bowman, could play more. Khalil Jackson, who, golf clap, congratulations for earning a scholarship for the fall as well. So great for you. Uh, but you could add more players, or you can give those players more playing time and more experience and not kind of rush them into starting. Granted, playing receivers a bit different in terms of needing experience because, you know, when you're a safety or you're a DB or really any defender, there's more... Not nuance, 
but th- there's more tendencies you have to pick up on where if you're the receiver, you kind of dictate what happens unless you have an option route. And it's like, well, if they play that coverage, I run that route. If they play this coverage, I run this route. But as a defender, you're reacting a lot. And that's where experience really helps. You don't necessarily need it as much with a receiver, but it would be great to bring in someone that can step in and start on the outside as opposed to having two starters on the outside that are first-time starters. Xavier Henderson leaving, look, he wasn't awesome, but it does suck to not have that experience out there. And also, I, I don't think that you need a specific type of receiver. I know that Montana Limonius Craig, Zachary Franklin, and uh, Keon Coleman were all kind of the, the X receiver mold, except, you know, I mean, Zachary Franklin doesn't really play like an X. I get it. He's got size, but he doesn't really play like an X. He plays like the modern X, not your typical X when you think of like, oh, you know, toxic. Um, <laughs> he doesn't play like a typical X receiver who is big, tall, long jump ball player and, and doesn't really create much on his own. No, but I, I don't think you need a specific type. You just need someone that's not a slot receiver. Because also, I will say this. I think Ricky Pearsall plays more out wide this year than he did last year. Uh, I think last year was kind of a combination of, well, we've got Xavier Henderson. He's not great in the slot because he's not very shifty. We've got Justin Shorter. He's not great in the slot because he's not very shifty. And route running is of the utmost importance in the slot. And Ricky Pearsall kind of played there, which, again, Not a knock on him at at all, but he did run 72% of his routes from the slot. Um, I think he runs a little closer to 60 from the slot and a little closer to 35 from out wide. Probably operates in line a tiny bit and in the backfield a tiny bit. But I, I think that you just need someone that's not going to step on the toes of, uh, Ricky Pearsall. Because if you have somebody on the outside, that's fine. If you want to be like, oh, well, we have an X receiver and we have whatever other letter you want to use because for some reason we can't just decide on anything. X is the only one we can agree on uh, for some reason. But yeah, I, I think you just need someone that doesn't step on Ricky Pearsall's toes. It doesn't need to be a specific type, especially as we watch football get more modern and more positionless and just less about, okay, what is this receiver needs to be able to fit in this box, just less restriction on that. I think it really doesn't matter how much pressure you want to put on what kind of receiver you get. I just think that you would really benefit if you're from this offense. I think you'd really benefit from just adding veteran presence in the wide receiver room, because right now looking at 2023, you've got, as far as upperclassmen, meaning juniors and seniors, Jaquavian Frazier's, Ricky Pearsall, and that is it. Wow. That, I thought there was going to be more, but that's it as far as juniors and seniors go. And then for freshmen and sophomores, you got Andy Jean, Aiden Mizell, Caleb Douglas, Ty Bowman, Alex Gonzalez, Khalil Jackson, Taylor Spierto, uh, Daniel Cross, Zach Seteros, and Marcus Burke. That's a lot of freshmen and sophomores compared to Jaquavian Frazier, who's a junior and Ricky Pearsall, who's a senior. That's a lot of underclassmen. So I think that's where you really kind of talk about, you don't need a massive change. You just need experience that can play and, and contribute to your team. 
We're about to talk about other positions. We're going to flip to the defensive side of the ball for the next one. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar. It's, I mean, dude, duder. It, it is Cinco de Mayo, which means if you're like me, you're not eating healthy. But after this, you will have to eat healthy. And everyone knows my sweetness, my weakness is my sweet tooth. My sweetness is my weakness too. Um, but with Built Bar, that sweet tooth covered coated in 100 chocolate built puffs are my preference because they're like protein marshmallows and i love me some marshmallows uh peeps are overrated though most bars have 130 calories just four net carbs and 17 grams of protein it stacks up when you have like a protein shake with it too i'm just saying also they're finally in stores so you can go to the old built bar or built.com or you can go the brick and mortar route and go to your local Walmart or Sabs Club and get yourself a built bar. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And right now we're going to talk about Edge. And Edge is a, is a different one where, you know, obviously uh, Prince Leoman Mielin is someone that, honestly, I don't care if you're happy with him. I'm excited with him. I've told this story before. I've had people who work in the NFL. For NFL teams, I don't mean just people who cover NFL teams. I mean people in the NFL that work for NFL teams and get paid by the NFL team to scout for the NFL team. I've had them tell me, man, Prince Leumann Mielin was the best player on that defense last year. And I sit there and I go, yep, he was. Because he was. He truly was. But he's kind of the only guy you have proven at edge because you have kelby collins true freshman justice boone gonna be playing defensive end which is still considered the edge spot i'm assuming because the defensive end is going to stand up every now and then in austin armstrong's team but you got justice boone you have tj searcy true freshman cam james true freshman bryce capers redshirt freshman jack pyburn true sophomore that's it that's it. Scooby Williams is listed as an edge. He's not an edge. He's an off-ball linebacker. So you've got really not a lot of depth to begin with, but you have no proven depth because you look at your starters, it's Princely at the Jack and it's Justice Boone at the defensive end spot that Princely played last year. That's more of a five-tech kind of thing. Um, but then that leaves true freshman, true freshman, redshirt freshman, true sophomore, and, and another true freshman. That's it. That's all you have. At the edge spot behind Princely and Justice Boone. And I'm not saying they can't work out, but I am saying that if you're this team, you should probably look, if you're this coaching staff, you should probably look to add some depth. And again, I'm saying experience here. You don't need a superstar. I know someone left a comment. Um, I forgot which day it was. I'm sorry. But I know someone left a comment and they were like, yeah, like we need a Will Anderson type pass rusher. That'd be awesome. But Will Anderson type pass rushers, they, they don't just get printed from the U.S. Mint. Like it, it's hard to find those kind of guys. And also Princely is fantastic. Like Princely is going to cook this year, especially lining up at the Jack where I've said it's easier, in my opinion, to rush the passer from the stand-up spot. But again, this, this is the same thing. Like I'm, I've been saying with safety and receiver, plenty to be excited about when you look at the depth and the youth combined. When you look at just the depth, it's not great because there's nobody proven. When you look at the youth, it is great. 
So when you look at the young depth behind the starters, there's so much to be excited about. And there is, like, like I'm not sitting here going, oh, they suck. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is that there is not a lot of proven talent there. And to kind of kind of look at your safety room, to look at your receiver room, to look at your edge group, to look at your tight ends even, which I don't think you need to add a tight end in the portal because I do think the tight ends that are young will be very good this year. But you look at all those positions, it's a lot to look at those positions, look at all the young guys and say, they're all going to work out. Like that's a lot of projection. You're gambling a lot on a lot of unknowns here. That's why I think you should add some experience to the edge room as well as receiver, as well as, well, safety we talked about already and added someone with experience. When you take the edge room at the end of last season and you look at it now, there's two massive departures there. Lloyd Summerall, who went to USF, and Antoine Powell Ryland, who just committed to Virginia Tech yesterday. So when you look at losing those guys, it kind of sucks when you think about it. And I understand why Antoine Powell Ryland left. My understanding is he played well when Brenton Cox got dismissed last year. Antoine Powell Ryland played well. And he was kind of thought of, well, Princely's going to line up at defensive end again this year. Antoine Powell Ryland is going to be the Jack linebacker. I'm going to call that that. And then Prince Lee moved to Jack. Antoine Powell Ryland moved to the bench. And I, I totally understand wanting to leave. So I don't fault him at all, especially because like you played well, like you, like you played well and you got replaced and that really sucks. Uh, so I get that. But like when you lose those guys, there's almost no experience in this sec- in this uh, edge group right now. So I think Florida needs to add just someone there that, Again, you don't need to even add a starter. Like edge is the position where you don't need to add a starter. You could just add in a rotational piece that can be experienced, someone that can play D end and end jack, and and just wipe your hands with that, and just have them help the young guys get up. Then you flip to the offensive side of the ball, which is how we're going to wrap up today's show. And offensive line is the next one that we're going to talk about. Which first of all, Florida has. Already missed out on an offensive lineman, uh, Josh Simmons from San Diego. Simmons? Pretty sure it's Simmons. Uh, from San Diego State, who committed to Ohio State, which sucks because I don't know about you. I hate Ohio State. Uh, one of my best friends is a Buckeyes fan. Um, so I hate them. And also, what happened with Urban? I hate um, yes, it was Josh Simmons from San Diego State, right tackle, went to Ohio State. Yeah, good for them. Uh, but Florida's already missed on Josh Simmons, who was supposed to visit Florida and committed to Ohio State first, because when you sit on your hands, that's what happens sometimes. And that's where I understand when people talk about the approach to the second portal window and not liking it. I get it. I'm not a huge fan of it either, but I get it. And I also understand, like, we were told, second portal window is going to be bonkers. It kind of hasn't been, but I think offensive line is a position where you need to add somebody. And this is especially a position where I go, I don't care about the experience. Like I'm not saying, Oh, the offensive line needs to add a veteran presence like edge or receiver or safety. I'm not saying you need to do that because I don't think you need to do that at all. 
what I am saying is that let, let's let's go to the spring game or spring ball in general. Injuries on the offensive line piled up. You brought in Micah Mazuka and from Baylor, who was like I've mentioned before, like Osiris Torrance, according to PFF last year, was the best guard in football. The second best guard in football was Micah Mazuka. And then he came to Florida. So you replaced the best guard with the second best guard, who is now the best guard. Um, he's the best returning guard. So you brought in Micah Mazuka from Baylor, but he got hurt, which obviously, or they they found an injury, which obviously isn't his fault. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, wow, that's totally his fault. Because um, that's just silly, right? So you brought in Micah Mazuka. He got hurt. He said he was hitting the portal, and then he withdrew from the portal, and now the portal window is closed. So he's going to be here. You brought in Keonta Goodwin, who burned his red shirt last year because Kentucky was stupid about it. Like, that's the only way to put it. You burned a six foot eight, 340-pound four-stars red shirt because you had him play special teams? Like, that's, that's moronic. You brought in Damian George from Alabama, who hasn't separated yet. Plenty of experience, hasn't separated yet. So you brought in three offensive linemen from the transfer portal. And not that none of them have worked out, but one of them is injured. One of them hasn't earned a starting spot. And the other one is still kind of competing for it. Then you look at the young guys you brought in. Caden Jones, not on campus yet, or at least not to my knowledge yet. I'm assuming he will be in a few weeks at this point. But Caden Jones. You brought in Roger Kearney, who you have playing uh, center, and Najee Harris, who you have playing guard, which those should be flipped, by the way. Um, I don't. Tr- I truly don't know what happened. In January, I was told it would be Rod Kearney at guard and Najee, Har- and Najee Harris at center. Um, but those got flipped for, again, whatever reason. I-, I don't know the reason. It was a bad decision. That's all I know. And hopefully they, they correct it. Uh, but injuries crept up also because you had people underperforming and then you had to, you had people underperform. You had position changes that probably shouldn't have happened. And then you had people get hurt. Kingsley Iguakin got hurt and didn't play in the spring game. And centers constantly had poor snaps. And of course, Mike Mizuk is hurt, like I mentioned. And so injuries can creep up. Uh, everybody's expected to be ready for the season, except Mike Mizuko. We don't know fully what's going on with him, but everybody else should be ready for the season. But injuries can creep up in the season as well. And if every center but Kingsley Iguakin is going to screw up a snap, then Kingsley needs to be healthy. And obviously you can't force someone to be healthy. And everybody knows I'm not a big Kingsley Iguakin fan. But if he's the best guy available, then you got to play him. Like it's as simple as that. Like the offensive line isn't an awesome position group for Florida to begin with. Last year it was, you lost the best guard in football. You lost a solid starting tackle. You lost an all-SEC guard, and you lost another starting tackle to the NFL. Only returning players, Kingsley Guacan, who was hurt for the spring. It's still a solid group. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. But when you consider what you had last year and what you have this year, it's worse, right? On top of it being worse, you will rely on your offensive line more this year than you did last year because now your running game needs to work. 
last year needed to work and it did, but now it needs to work. Also, when we talk about pass protection, it needs to be better than it was last year because last year, Florida gets a little, I don't want to be a jerk when I say this, but the Florida offensive line last year gets a little bit too much credit for not allowing a ton of sacks, which they did a good job of not allowing a ton of sacks. They did, but they get a a little bit too much credit for that because of the plays that Anthony Richardson made with his legs. Okay. Like, like that's, that's what I'm saying where they get a little bit too much credit because Anthony Richardson made some tremendous plays with his legs to avoid pressure and to extend plays. Graham Mertz can't do that. Like he just can't. Last year, Anthony Richardson was pressured 142 times, sacked 13. That's 9.2% of the times he was pressured, he got sacked. Okay? 9.2%, not bad. You look at Graham Mertz, last year when he, he got pressured 103 times, got, so he got pressured less than Anthony Richardson. He got sacked more than Anthony Richardson, 13% more of the time because he was 22.3%. You need to be able to protect Graham Mertz because he cannot evade the rush the way Anthony Richardson could. So you need to add depth to this offensive line. I don't care how experienced, but just add quality talent to this offensive line. It'd be great if you could add starters, but you need depth because you're an injury away from being screwed. So I, I really think Florida needs to add to the offensive line in this time. And I think they will, by the way. I think they will add to receiver and offensive line. Edge. We'll see. I feel like not a ton of talent has hit the portal or not a ton of quality talent has hit the portal. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. Well, we won't be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is Saturday. We'll be back Monday, okay, unless there's a commit at some point this weekend when I'm home and can I can talk about it, but I'm not expecting that. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.